1: All we can be sure of is this. Zach Barry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed.
2: I love a good train wreck.
1: Hey, hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry. This is our inaugural show here, part of the Talk of Champions Network. As part of OM Spirit at on3sports.com. Check out omspirit.com. For all the latest Ole Miss news, uh, this podcast here is going to focus on recruiting, uh, as you may have uh, put two and two together there with the title. And uh, we are going to discuss anything and everything Ole Miss recruiting, whether that's football, basketball. We might even get into some baseball, maybe some tennis. Who knows? Uh, but welcome in, Uh Going to bring in my co-host now. Uh, he and I have uh, done this before once or twice, but uh, he is uh, joining us here on the show. Welcome in Grayson Weir. Grayson, good evening. Welcome.
2: Good evening, Zach. It's good to be back. Glad to be a part of this, and I'm looking forward to what's coming next.
1: Yeah, I, you know, we talked about this. Uh, I guess uh, maybe last week, a couple of days ago. I don't know. The days run together uh, this time of year. But, uh, yeah, we, we, we kind of said we were getting the band back together. Um, so this is, uh, this is going to be fun. So, uh, we're here to talk recruiting and, uh, no, no better place to start, uh, than, uh, the, uh, saga that is Jackson Dart, the, uh, former USC transfer quarterback, or I should say former USC quarterback now in the transfer portal, uh, a native of Utah, a, uh, I, I, Awfully talented quarterback. He uh, got in the portal January 10th um, and uh, Ole Miss was quickly uh, within his sights, reached out. Um, There's a connection there with the uh, staff at Ole Miss. I'll let you get into that and more. I know that we have done a little bit of pre-show, a little prep here, but I want to throw it to you. You've got the timeline all there laid out, so I want you to tell the folks kind of What Jackson Dart watch has been since January 10th?
2: Well, the people at home don't know this, but you and I have been speaking this into existence since early 2020. You and I have been on the Jackson Dart train since he was at Corner Canyon, since he was balling out in Utah. And we have been pushing this narrative forever. And all of a sudden, boom, it comes to fruition where he's entering the transfer portal and all of a sudden, Ole Miss is in the mix. So the fact that you and I have been on this this guy since two years now almost is pretty remarkable that it's it's all potentially coming to an end with him in Oxford. I guess we'll have to see. But yeah, as you said, January 10th, Dart enters the portal. immediately, you know, almost everyone's all over him. Um, you and myself have been talking about this forever. A couple other guys out there have been, you know, just just throwing it out into the universe and then boom, all of a sudden, he enters the portal. Lane Kiffin and everybody in Oxford is interested January 15th dart heads over to Oklahoma, hangs out with the staff over there. You know, the, the Levy and Venables gang out there in Norman Um, a day later, they hop on a plane, fly down to Oxford and dart posts that iciest recruiting picture literally in the history of recruiting pictures. Um, there's a kid over at Oklahoma state that posted a photo. I don't know if you saw it. Um, he was at Oklahoma state over the weekend and he posted one with a horse, but darts picture was because he was with the Aston Martin. So he posts that on January 16th. And, but then on 17th, you know, you, you're expecting everybody in the Ole Miss world was expecting, okay, maybe, you know, the visit secured things up. Let's get a commitment. No dart posts a teaser video from his time at Oklahoma Later posts pictures in uniform from his visit at Oklahoma on Instagram and Twitter. That's January 17th. Then on the 18th, with Dart back home in Utah, hanging out with his family, mulling over the decision, Jeff Lebby and Brett Venables sp- swing by Utah, hang out with Dart. Uh, Might have stayed a little longer, but you know, there's a little speculation there. Then Allegedly.
1: Then, then maybe labor. they were
2: welcome. Um, but they used their in-home <laughs> visit on the 18th. The 19th, DART posts uniforms, pictures from his time at Ole Miss. So, okay, wait a minute. You know, he's posting both of these schools, but then all of a sudden, BYU's in the mix? BYU's been with DART the longest. They offered him back when he was at Roy High School, before Corner Canyon, before he became the Gatorade Player of the Year. They have been with him since day one. They've been on Jackson DART. So credit to him, you know, they've been with him. So Dart goes and visits BYU, but doesn't post anything from his time at BYU. There's nothing to indicate that he was even there outside of the fact that we knew he was there. Later that night, Jackson's girlfriend posted a picture from Jackson's time at Ole Miss in an Ole Miss uniform with the caption, Hotty Toddy, spelled incorrectly, but we forgive her, she's new to the game, no big deal on our Instagram story. That's January 19th. The very next day, Ole Miss recruiting staff heads out there, John David Baker, Chuck Weiss Jr., hang out with Dart in Utah. Don't overstay their welcome. Stay a comfortable amount of time. Things seem to be going well. Then boom, January 21st. Wait a minute. There's a picture of Jackson in uniform from BYU, not posted from his account, but from his brother Diesel, which by the way, Diesel Dart, what a Incredible. I mean- Unbelievable. Incredibly Utah, but unbelievable name. So that's January 21st. Then the next day rolls around. We're expecting maybe, okay, his brother posted some uniform pictures from BYU, nothing from Jackson, except he then posts his Ole Miss uniform pictures, which he had already posted on Instagram, on Twitter. Okay, you know, he visited BYU. Maybe this is a sign that after his visits... Ole Miss is still in the in 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 front. No, still nothing. Two days later, January twenty fourth, yesterday, Lane posts a picture on the private jet wearing his six thousand uh, dollar Dior SB Dunks, flexing on everybody. Headed out to Los Angeles. Hmm. I wonder why. Well, next thing we know, he's going out to visit Jackson. Jackson's in Los Angeles. The general understanding is that he was likely uh moving his stuff out of an apartment we don't have any confirmation as to why he was there we don't know why he was in la but lane swung by hung out with jackson in los angeles yesterday then got on the private jet this morning headed down to new orleans to go take the head coaching job with the new orleans saints um <laughs> or at least he liked to uh troll everybody so that's the latest on jackson i mean it's it's been a while. Sean back.
1: Sean Payton is the other co-OC. That's what's really going <laughs> on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God, man. And what a heck of a two we, weeks. I mean, today is today <laughs> is the 15th day now since Jackson Yard yeah. is on the transfer portal. So we all thought this would be done within a couple days, and now it's 15 days later. Who knows what the heck is the timeline looks like from henceforward? But that's what it is for now.
1: It's, it's 15 days, but I swear it's felt like it's been 50 days. And it's something that has been kind of funny to follow as someone who covers the program and covers recruiting and just interacting with the message boards and seeing people on Twitter, everywhere on social media are just clamoring for, for this to come to an end. And I get it. I, I get the angst. Almost needs another quarterback in that room. Luke Altmaier needs someone to do battle with in spring practice, in the summer, in fall camp. You know, all due respect to K Dent, if you if you can have a shot to bring in someone like Jackson Dart, a guy who really came on late as a senior. um, You know, really, if you if you kind of compare the two offer sheets, if you look at what Altmaier had and look at what Dart had. It's kind of funny to 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 see the the juxtaposition there because I mean Luke Altmaier had tons of Power Five offers, yeah. high level SEC offers. At, Nick Saban offered him. Um, Dart's offer sheet is kind of weird uh, for a guy that threw I believe sixty seven touchdowns as a senior, um, ran for over a thousand. Um, you can see the interview that I did with his head coach Eric Kajar on at, at OM Spirit um, talked about his game and just how. Um, how dangerous he was both through the air and with his legs. And he was just a, you know, just a generational talent as a senior. But, I mean, looking at his offer sheet, um, Arizona State, you mentioned BYU was his first offer. Fordham, I mean, go Rams, but, I mean, not a high-profile program. Uh, uh, I don't think Joe Moorhead's coaching there anymore. Um, Iowa State, uh, Louisiana Penn, he's throwing in some Ivy League there. Um, TCU, UCLA, Washington state. I believe a lot of those came in late as he started to torch everyone in Utah. Um, he's even got a Yale offer in there for good measure, but, um, it, it was a, he was a late bloomer. He had the opportunity given to him by Graham Harrell to be the quarterback in Los Angeles. Kind of hard to pass that up. If you know college football, um, you know, it's not the the days of, of Pete Carroll and, and Matt liner, Carson Palmer um like it was back in uh back in the day but that that sc logo the black cleats with the white laces still carries a lot of weight a lot of cachet so he jumped at the opportunity he gets there gets thrown into becoming the starter when keaton slovis goes down with an injury and then uh the rest is you know as they say history in 2021 they had an up and down year dealt with injuries opt-outs um they had a coach that was fired had the interim deal, um, still threw for over a thousand yards and nine touchdowns. Um, he still had some big games. Set the uh, SC record for a freshman debut against Washington State, and then um, in some losing efforts, he uh, put up some some good numbers against a really good BYU team. Um, and then uh, in a heck of a game, points wise against UCLA in uh, probably the best uniform battle of all time. Every single year when those two uh, do battle put up some good numbers against a good UCLA team and Dorian Thompson Robinson. So um, all that to say, it makes a ton of sense for Ole Miss to to try to bring him in. Um, They got to get a guy to come in and compete with Altmyer and it makes a ton of sense. You and I have talked about this a lot. Oklahoma and Ole Miss seem to be the two that are going after him the most, not so much right now. I think it's mostly Ole Miss and then BYU is just kind of lingering there in second place. I still believe Ole Miss is out in front. People keep asking what the holdup is. We really don't know. Um, You and I have talked to several people around this recruitment, whether that's in Oxford, um, around Jackson, or out in LA. People don't know. Um, They really don't. Uh, I was told by someone pretty close to this recruitment that he was just merely taking his time and ensuring that he is making the best decision for him with his free one-time transfer rule, which is fair. Now, you can say, all right, that's all well and good, but what's with the, the Twitter games? What's with, uh, you know, the drama building and all of that? Uh, I, I get that. But, um, look, it's the age of social media, and teenagers are going to be teenagers. But uh, I, I think still, as we record this Tuesday evening, 7.51 local time here, um, I still think Ole Miss is the favorite. Um, I haven't heard anyone back off of that, um, and I don't think you have either.
2: No, I can I can say the same, and and you have to remember, you know, you can you can wonder about all the Twitter games and the back and forth and what is the holdup, but at the same time, we like you said, we are in this social media era, and on three, I mean the the NIL, sorry, they need to change one of those two things, NLI (laughs) NIL, it's unbelievable, but the NIL database, I mean, since Jackson Dart has entered the transfer portal, his nil valuation per on three has almost tripled i mean not entirely but at least two and a half times where it was and that's remarkable Mm -hmm. so the fact that he's holding it out yes it it can be annoying for someone who's on looking um from everything i've heard from people in oklahoma they're not even worried about jackson they have their guy and gabriel and if Jackson decides that he wants to go to the play for the Sooners, that's just the icing on top of the cake. But down here in Oxford, everybody wants him because as you said, makes perfect sense. Late bloomer. He's an RPO guy. He's a big guy that sits there in the pocket behind a very quality offensive line coming back next year. Everything makes sense for him to be immediately plug and played, assuming that he beats out Luke Altmaier, which I think he beats out Luke Altmaier. And I think there's a chance if he goes to Oklahoma, he beats out Dylan Gabriel. This kid is that good. And so the fact that he's taking his time, he's 18, you know, he's 18 years old. He's deciding where he's going to go to college, where he's going to find the best opportunity for him to continue his college career after kind of getting pushed out the door. I mean, not necessarily, but things changed in Los Angeles that he wasn't expecting. If Lincoln Riley, you know, if they didn't, if Clay Hilton wasn't fired, if Lincoln Riley wasn't hired, if Slovis didn't leave, if... Caleb isn't potentially coming to Los Angeles. There's a lot of factors that kind of encouraged him to head out of Los Angeles. Could he still go back? Sure. Do I think that's going to happen? No. Have I heard anything that indicates he's waiting on Caleb Williams? No. But he's an 18-year-old kid deciding where to go to college in the social media era. If I'm 18 years old, I'm chasing the clout. If I'm 18 years old, I'm chasing 125,000 NIL valuation. There's no reason for him to jump into a decision, except for the fact that at this point, it's like, okay, you know both sides. What's the holdup? And if you want to play spring ball at either one of Oklahoma or Ole Miss, which is highly encouraged, he should be playing spring ball at either school. Could he go in there in the summer, win the starting job? Sure. Is it more likely for him to start wherever he ends up if he plays spring ball? Yes. So he's got to do that by Friday. So the question is what's the holdup. And like you said, we don't know, but is it a matter of should people out there and I I've seen it on Twitter. You've seen it on Twitter. You've seen it on the message boards. I've seen it on the message board. People are frustrated with a kid making a college decision. Don't be. Take a deep breath. Remember that it's not the end of the world. But yes, he should hurry up and, and figure it out by the end of the week if you know he's looking out for his best interest.
1: Yeah, it, it could just be the case that this is a guy that's not a fan of syllabus week, I guess. Uh, first week of exactly. class is going on right now. Um, he's got till Monday. Monday is the uh, 31st, if you want to double check me on that, I believe that is correct. That is the last day to add or drop courses uh, with instructor exemption uh, at Ole Miss. And I believe it is the exact same in Oklahoma. And I, I have not looked at BYU's academic calendar, but who are we kidding? These are student athletes who. Uh, you talked about the NIL valuation. They bring a lot of money to these programs so they can find a way around it. But like you said, if he wants to be involved in spring practice and he wants to compete, um, you saw the Ole Miss football Twitter account already put out a video with Nick Savage. The players are back. They're working out. They're getting ready for spring. Um, if, if he wants to get there and start competing, probably needs to, to get a move on and make a decision. Um, you mentioned the NIL valuation, just some numbers here, some specific numbers that our very own Ben Garrett put up at omspirit.com on the message board there uh, earlier today. Um, so four weeks ago, his NIL valuation set at 56000 Right now, it is all the way up at one twenty five. So his valuation has risen by $14,500, a 13% increase possibly because of the social media clout chasing i I, I, the nil valuation that on three has put together the the algorithm factors in several things but twitter impressions um twitter followers instagram all that is factored in so this is probably very strategic by what he's doing um trying to build up drama and to you know create suspense on where he is going to go to school um I put in my prediction for him on the 16th to pick Ole Miss because after his official visit, that was multiple days in Oxford. They went to the basketball game. They hung out with current players. Uh, he and Michael Trigg, who we'll get to in the uh, second segment of the show. Um, I was told that Ole Miss felt in uh, felt like they were in a very good spot when they left campus, and I think that they anticipated a decision coming a couple days, maybe later in the week after that weekend, and it hasn't come. But again you and I are both hearing the same things on everybody at Ole Miss still feels confident. Um, Lane Kiffin had the last in-home with him. Uh, I I don't know if Kalani Satake is going to have an in-home visit. I don't know if BYU is realistic here. Um, But if, if, as we record this right now, Lane Kiffin has had the last word and he went to see him. And so there's, there's people that have said, you know, and you, you got to give them an ultimatum. You got to give them a deadline. I think they know what the deadline is. It's Monday. So I, I don't know when a, when a decision is going to be made. There was a uh, Scott Schrader of we Are SC told me yesterday that he thought that a decision was coming soon. Um, and, and look, that, that wasn't something that he didn't ask Jackson Jackson didn't tell him, um, I, when I spoke with Dane Stevens, who is a former SC staffer that is now joining the staff at Ole Miss, um, he told me, you know, contrary to all the Twitter games, uh, both Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg are, are soft spoken kids, they don't do a lot of chatter, That they don't talk a ton, they keep things close to the vest, um, you could say that that's <laughs> kind of contradicting uh, because of what they do on, on social media, that's fair, um, but look, I mean, again, I think it's just two teenagers that are trying to decide what they want to do for the next two to three years to prepare themselves for the NFL. So uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break here from the sponsors that make this show here possible. When we come back, we're going to talk a little more Dart, and then we'll get into Michael Trigg. So hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor outdoor restaurant bar and entertainment space on South Lamar and Oxford. 10,000 square feet of indoor space and three quarters of an acre of outdoor space complete with a full stage indoor and outdoor projectors, three bars, a children's playground, and parking on site for you to come and enjoy all of their open fire barbecue and the fixings that come with it. And now you can contact Lamar Yard and ask them about their catering and private event rental options. Perfect for that next big celebration and or the Grove party in the fall, or if you wanna inquire about doing some catering in the spring for Ole Miss baseball. They are your quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at LamarYard.com. Football season is back at Ole Miss. As we all know, we are rolling in to the end of the 2021 season. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than so Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two for one with Moscow mules, all of that more. The best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. Show also brought to you by Memphis restaurateur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. of the wide plush Zoys Fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Barry, Grayson, we're with you talking jackson dart talking michael trig transfer portal we are on Dart trig watch as we have jokingly referred to it as but look that's what we've been doing for the past two weeks um last thing here on Dart before we move on to trig um and we'll probably if and when a decision is made and it's for ole miss we will get into a more deep dive of their game but you joked about how you and I have tried to, you know, speak this into existence. We were big fans of his when he was at Corner Canyon and he started to light everybody on fire and blew up on the recruiting trail. And then we were watching him at SC, you know, Pack 12 after dark. We would stay up and watch SC play. And once he got to where he was under center and was making things happen, it was a ton of fun. And here we are now possibly seeing Jackson Dart in Oxford if you had to give me just a brief synopsis of what Ole Miss fans could expect from him under center doing battle with Luke Altmyer in the red and blue, what does he bring to that quarterback room?
2: The biggest thing that Jackson Dart brings to a quarterback room is physicality. I mean, this dude is bigger than you would think, you know, just based on the fact that he doesn't look it on the field because he's standing out there with, you know, guys that are, significantly bigger than him, but he's six three two ten. I mean, that's bigger than Matt Corral and he runs similarly to Matt Corral in that not necessarily he's as elusive or as quick, but in that he's a downhill runner. So if, if you're getting in his way, don't cause you're going to get run over and you can look at we, uh, that BYU game in particular, they were down on the goal line probably around the five or six yard line. And he took an RPO to the right side, ran over a linebacker, like put this man in the turf, stood straight up and walked into the end zone. He's just a absolutely vicious physical runner. And that's not even getting into his arm. This kid has a cannon. And so if you look at his numbers, I mean, he spent his first three years at Roy High School out in Roy, Utah. I don't really know much about Roy High School. I don't know anything about Roy, Utah. But I can tell you that Jackson wasn't very good his first couple of years. I, and, and, and I say that a little bit facetiously because he still put up numbers, but nothing compared to what happened when he burst onto the scene as a, onto the scene as a senior. You know, freshman year, he was 48, 47, 48% completion percentage through more picks than touchdowns. Not great, but fine. You're a freshman, no big deal. Sophomore year, he was an all-region player. So, again, very good, but still nothing that you would really want to grab and, and pull into your program as the immediate starter. You know, completed less than 60% of his passes, had 18 touchdowns, 8 picks. Great, fine, okay. Had 100 yards rushing on 52 carries. Fine. Junior year, he was all-region again. Started to pick things up. This is when he kind of came into his own. 65% co- uh, completion percentage, 2,440 yards, 22 touchdowns, eight picks. That's when you start to kind of realize, okay, this kid can find the deep ball. He's going to get, you know, his guy, the ball that, that needs to have the ball. And then he, he kind of added some rushing, you know, similarly, but what, what people don't know about him is he punted 12 times for 423 yards as a junior. So if we need a, if we need a pooch punter, we've got it. But anyway, that's beside the point. Senior and year. round Brown
1: is gone. So there you go.
2: Exactly. Senior year bursts onto the scene at Corner Canyon, transfers to Corner Canyon, takes over for Zach Wilson, completes 67% of his passes, led the nation with 4,691 passing yards, set a state record with, like you said, 67 touchdowns, and had only four interceptions. Let me say that again 67 touchdowns, four interceptions. That's bananas.
1: Look, look, yeah, I mean, I don't care if you want to, if you want to diss high school football in Utah, like, look, I've never personally witnessed Utah football. I'm sure it's not as great as Texas or California or Florida or Georgia or 67 touchdowns is 67 touchdowns.
2: And four interceptions, not, not 14, not 24, four. Then on top of that, rushes for over a thousand yards 12 touchdowns went undefeated won a state championship gatorade national football player of the year max preps national football player of the year all kinds of other accolades okay this kid's good like you said graham harrell takes a chance goes out to la and and had an unbelievable season despite the fact that he didn't really have all that much talent around him because there were a lot of injuries and opt-outs like you said he's a true freshman who. Didn't really have all that much experience against top level Texas, Georgia, you know, even California competition and still balled out. So the fact that he could come to Oxford and immediately plug into that quarter spot, he's an asset the second he gets on campus. He runs hard, he plays hard, he's a leader. Like you said, soft spoken guy doesn't say a lot, but when he does, it means a lot. So he's an Instant impact in the locker room. Everybody likes him. Nice kid. I've never met anyone from Utah that was mean. Um, And he can ball. So (laughs) the fact that he's, you know, could step into an offense that runs the RPO, which he was familiar with. Graham Harrell and Chuck Weiss do not run super different offenses. Are they exactly the same? No. Do they have a lot of similarities? Absolutely. So, that would be an incredible addition to a team that could, could instantly become a competitor like they were this year, you know, with Jackson dart under behind center, depending on how much they run the shotgun versus under center, right. They could win nine, 10 games again. It's a very realistic situation. Do I think that they could do it with Luke Allmeyer? Eh, Maybe. Okay. But with Jackson Dart, 9 or 10 wins is a very realistic possibility. And that's an exciting thought, as you know, everybody knows at this point.
1: And, and, and look, we buried the lead here. Whoever is, is, is the quarterback for Ole Miss in 2022, they're going to have an absolute dude in the backfield with them in Zach Evans, the transfer, former mm-hmm. five-star, on-three consensus five-star from TCU. He is going to be paired up with Kendrell Bullock, a guy that was stuck behind Henry Paris Jr., Snoop Connor, Jerry Neely but a athletic explosive runner in his own right. And then you throw in the freshman Quinchon Judkins. I am extremely high on him. The, uh, five, a player of the year, five, a state title game, MVP for Pike road undefeated. Um, I think he is going to be a guy that Ole Miss fans know and love for years to come. I think his game fits exactly what Ole Miss likes to do running the football with the spread run game. Um, But yeah, I mean, to close the book on Jackson Dart and and people that are worried about what Caleb Williams is doing and how that affects what Jackson Dart does, again, you and I have both been told Caleb Williams' decision has no direct effect on him. And and like you said, the head coach and the offensive coordinator that he committed and signed signed to play with are both gone. Clay Helton's no longer in LA, and Graham Harrell is no longer there. He is now in Morgantown (laughs) with, with Neil Brown at West Virginia. So, sure, it's possible because literally anything is possible. Kevin Garnett taught us that for him to go back to L.A. I don't see that happening. I still think that Lincoln Riley is going to get his man in Caleb Williams. It's just a very convoluted just – the transfer portal is is bonkers right now. So, I I don't really think you need to really – bite your nails and worry about what Caleb Williams is doing. As we record this earlier today, there were some rumors about Wisconsin getting into the mix. <laughs> you and I both kind of shook our head at that. We we don't really understand it. There's a, a family connection with a, with a potential hire that Paul Chris is making that could pique his interest. But again, I just think that it makes too much sense for Jackson Dart. He's again, like you said, he's only a true freshman. He can come to Ole Miss. He can – I mean, he's a guy that you could certainly plug and play with Lane Kiffin, with Charlie Weiss Jr., with John David Baker, a guy that recruited him to USC with Graham Harrell. He's very familiar with him. And as we segue into the second part of the show, John David Baker is also responsible for getting one Michael Trigg to go all the way out to L.A. from Tampa, Florida. The four-star tight end. we, We talked about physicality with Jackson Dart. And look, before the, before the injury, Michael Trigg was probably on pace to have a say in making a freshman All-American team. Um, the, the, the guy is an absolute menace. Uh, it, talk about how athletic he is. Uh, he was a two sport guy. He averaged over 22 points a game in high school. Uh, he played guard at six-four-two thirty. 30. I mean, that's scary. On. I, I didn't play high school basketball, but I don't remember guys that were 6'4", 230, bringing the ball before. Um, I mean, absolutely turned heads in spring ball and summer fall camp when he was at SC. He was a dude that was going viral constantly with um, yards after the catch plays that he would make in practice and then really kind of um, burst onto the scene in a game against Colorado. He had a long touchdown. Uh, I don't know if it made the Moss him segment on a ESPN with Randy, but, um, he absolutely on somebody's head caught a touchdown pass and kind of everybody was okay. Whoa, th- this kid's good. Um, but yeah, I mean, got into the portal a couple days after, um, Jackson dart, I believe they announced on the same day, but got into the portal, uh, a couple of days officially later, but I mean, just an absolute freak. Uh, I've said that he reminds me a ton of Evan Ingram, but he's bigger. Um, he's heavier, um, also I believe a couple of an inch or two taller, um, but Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Florida State, Georgia, uh, Kentucky, LSU, Miami, Michigan, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma State. Ole Miss was after him out of high school, Oregon, Penn State. I mean, the list goes on and on with the offers that he had coming out of high school. Um goes to USC suffers the injury early in his freshman season is sidelined but has been working back. Uh, there was some uh, clips of him getting back into shape in practice before he got into the portal um, it's it's all but been proven that they're probably most likely a package deal um Mr. Trigg, i I know that we've talked about him a lot over the past couple weeks, but his game what? I've said my piece about it on the show with Ben. Um, I think that this is what Ole Miss was missing in 2021. As good as Matt Corral was, as good as the run game was, and as good as Dontario Drummond, Braylon Sanders, Ja'Core Pearson, and that wide receiver room that was kind of piecemealed together because of injuries, they missed a true playmaker at the tight end position. Casey Kelly came back from the offseason injury. He wasn't 100%. He was not as explosive as he looked in the Outback Bowl against Indiana. He was a true difference maker in that game. I still think he's trying to get back to 100%. And then a guy like Chase Rogers, the transfer from Louisiana, got banged up and was never the same. They didn't have a guy like Kenny Yaboa in that offense in 2021. They missed that. I mean, that was a guy that torched Alabama in 2020 over the middle. He opened things up for that entire offense he made. One-on-one situations happened more times um, for guys on the outside. He opened a lot of things up for a guy like Elijah Moore in the slot. Um, they, they didn't have that. I think linebackers were able to sit a little bit more at the second level and focus more on the run game or spying Matt Corral. Um, they, they, they really missed a guy like Michael Trigg in that offense. So I, that's I think that he's a guy that barring the, the knee being back to full speed, and I do think he will be back to full speed. I think he's someone that's an absolute instant impact game changer for this offense. If he chooses Ole Miss. what do you see in Michael? Trigg?
2: People are not talking enough about Michael Trigg. Everyone's talking about Jackson dart because he's the five-star, you know, transfer quarterback. Everyone wants the flashy kid in Oxford. That's great. I get it. Dart is dart. It would be awesome to have him, but Michael trig is, is going significantly under the radar here. This guy, is a freak of nature. I mean, like you said, playing the guard position at 6'4 to something is absurd. So we'll get into some numbers when we come back from the break here. But but w- w- with Trig, it's been a weird saga because like you said, everyone assumes that they're a package deal. Everything alludes to them being a package deal. And we have heard nothing to indicate that they are not. Now, does Dart go to BYU? Does Trigg also go to BYU? Likely not. And here's why. So January 10th, both Trigg and Dart announced that they're entering the transfer portal. You know, the timeline for them actually getting into the portal was a little bit different. But January 15th, they both head over to Oklahoma. Later that day, on January 15th, in Norman, Trigg posts a video, which was very lit. Shout out to Oklahoma's video team. It was a really great video. And later, pics from the trip on both Instagram and Twitter. A day later, they fly down to Oxford, Trigg posts the iciest photo with Kiffin. The very next day, January 17th, um, Dart posted, but Trigg stayed quiet. So, okay, wait a minute. Maybe he's letting his quarterback shine for a second. January 18th, Trigg posts the basketball picture from Ole Miss. So, now i've heard nothing to indicate that he's going to play basketball at Ole miss there's a, like everyone keeps asking me why he keeps posting these basketball pictures because it's awesome because this dude played guard in high school and averaged 26 point 22 points <laughs> what
1: i will say not to interrupt you but i coming out of high school he did have an offer from both um Ole Miss football and Ole Miss basketball now i don't know if it still stands don't know the roster situation, we're not going to get into the number crunch with Kermit Davis's team right now. But <laughs> out of high school, I believe he was going to be given the opportunity to play both. Now, I don't know, video anyway, continues,
2: and I believe USC also gave him that opportunity. I don't, again, I don't know that for certain because yes. he ended up getting injured and couldn't have played anyway. But I believe he was going to play both sports at USC. So the fact that he took that picture, could he potentially play basketball at Ole Miss? Maybe I don't know. But it was really just because it was awesome. So January 18th, he posted a action ball picture. Later that evening, he posted an edit from Ole Miss on Instagram and then later posted uniform pics on Twitter. So all signs like, okay, maybe this is a done deal. Maybe this thing's wrapping up. It's not. The 19th, the very next day, Trigg posts an OU edit on both TikTok and Twitter. So then it's like, okay, well, wait a minute. This kid's going back and forth and back and forth. And then later that day, Zach Evans, the running back who is going to be incredible in Oxford because he was incredible at TCU, posted a picture of both Trigg and Dart on his Instagram story. And Trigg replied with some emojis that was the, you know, the shh emoji finger over the, the mouth. So, okay, well, maybe this guy is like, knows something that we don't know. And Zach Evans knows something that we don't know. He's keeping it quiet. January 20th, Trigg reposted on Instagram a story from Dart in Oxford wearing the Ole Miss uniform with a BYU and like a frowny face, I guess, kind of like a disappointed face, a confused face, basically saying, look, I'm, I'm not going to BYU if you go Jackson. And I know we want to play together. So let's do that. That was January 20th. Since then it's been pretty silent. There might've been another uh, Twitter picture in there since, but, the last five days, it's been pretty quiet from Trigg. I think
1: he's if we're, if we're doing out. the just to add to the social media timeline, real quick. He, he has posted both Oklahoma and Ole Miss pictures on his Instagram story. This look, this is this is where recruiting is right now in 2022. We're talking about Instagram stories, but <laughs> he has posted both. Um, but but <laughs> anyway, carry on. Sorry. Exactly.
2: So it's it's so at this point, you know, you figure that Trigg's back in Tampa. Um, you know, nobody's gone to visit him from what I know. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Zach, but I don't I, believe either Oklahoma or Ole Miss have gone down to hang out with him. So.
1: So I believe John David Baker and Charlie Weiss have gone to see him.
2: Nice. Well, that's At great. At some point
1: this week, I believe it was right. But we have nothing Monday, like. A, not sure.
2: For yeah. sure. So Trig's just hanging out in Tampa seems like he's waiting for his quarterback to commit, and then he's going to follow his quarterback. And from things that both you and I have heard, if it was not necessarily up to Dart, if it was not necessarily the two of them, if it was just Trigg making the decision, his relationship with John David Baker, it's very important to him. It's what ultimately helped bring him to USC. And if it was up to just him, which it doesn't seem like it is, Obviously, he and Dart are communicating. But if it was up to just Trig, it's my guess that he would already be in Oxford. But, again, that's just speculation based on his relationships with both uh, JDB at USC and Ole Miss. So that's a timeline for Trigg, and we'll kind of get into his numbers when we come back.
1: Yeah, real quick, another break to hear from the sponsors that make Not Committed possible for you to listen to us break down twitter and instagram on the uh dark trig watch because that's really all we can do right now because no one really knows as we play the waiting game so hang tight we'll be right back with more on michael trig podcast brought to you by protection unlimited incorporated the mid South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security wayne lowry and his team have been serving the greater memphis area and north mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24-7, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis' leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner, Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at BluffCityAdvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. When you're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home, call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them, 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them, 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They're your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around, give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 get your surprisingly great rates today like a good neighbor state farm is there what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co And we are back here, not committed, Zach Berry, Grayson Weir, talking Michael Trigg, the four star tight end transfer from USC. We talked a lot about John David Baker. I do want to mention this before we forget and we get into the numbers here and talk about his game. There was an interview that was done, and I, for the life of me, I cannot remember who it was, but the quotes circulated around the internet. Um, Trigg and his father were both very complimentary of Kiffin and his offense and of John David Baker and their relationship with him. You mentioned how tight those two are. Um, I think both Michael Trigg and his father um, are, it, it, I, I feel comfortable saying that they want him to go to Ole Miss. They would prefer Ole Miss. Um, they mentioned uh, Kiffin's history with tight ends, what he did with OJ Howard at Alabama. what he did with Harrison Bryant at FAU when he won the Mackey Award. That's obviously a a goal of Michael Triggs. I mean, he hasn't told me that specifically, but I would venture to guess that he wants to be the best tight end in the country in college football, and that's what the John Mackey Award is. Um, uh, Yeah, so they know what is potentially at stake here with Charlie Weiss Jr. and Lane Kiffin in an offense together with the tight end, and I think that that was something that – When they were comparing the two programs, looking at what Jeff Levy did when he was at Ole Miss, and they didn't really incorporate the tight end much this year. Now, again, personnel, they had some limitations, but Kenny Aboa had a great year in 2020. And then 2021, we don't really know specifics on how much of the play calling was up to Levy or up to Kiffin. If it was more Levy this year, um, they didn't really work or incorporate the tight end a ton. So I think that that might have knocked Oklahoma down a peg because they obviously want their son to be in an offense where he can showcase his, his skill set. Um, talking about his skill set, we talked about the uh, the frame and uh, how athletic he is being a two-sport guy, but just the brief time that we saw him at USC, what did you see from him uh, as, as what he could do as a uh, wide tight end in, in an Ole Miss offense?
2: Well, August 19th, 2021, I wrote something that said USC freshman tight end Michael Trigg is an absolute freak of nature and cannot be tackled. I think that kind of says it all. I mean, we can get into some of the numbers here really quick because there's some things that people don't know about Trigg that even I didn't necessarily know all that much about that are pretty cool, but that's all you need to know right there. He's an absolute freak of nature who cannot be tackled period the end i mean you put that in any offense great on top of that the guy's got hands like you said he mossed that dude back against uh whomever it was back back at usc in the fall and then you know you wonder a little colorado wonder a little bit about the lower leg injury versus utah they never really came out and said what it was exactly but he avoided surgery i mean that's a huge positive so that allowed him to start rehabbing pretty much right away So you figure he's going to be back at full strength. And when you look at his full strength numbers in high school, this dude is insane. So freshman year didn't really do much. Sophomore year played both ways as a tight end and a defensive end actually had a better year um, as a defensive end with 20 tackles, nine for loss, five sacks. So this dude is lighting dudes up on the defensive side of the ball. Meanwhile, on the offensive side of the ball, turns over as a junior, he played quarterback, tight end, running back and defensive end. People don't, really talk about that enough with him as a junior he played quarterback at six foot four you know six foot three 220 whatever he is he played quarterback in basically a wildcat system but he had 82 catches for 1,232 yards and 16 touchdowns as a tight end as a quarterback he completed 24 of 39 passes for 242 yards added 196 yards rushing with five touchdowns and then You move over to the defensive side of the ball and he had 83 tackles so this guy was literally not coming out of the game and on top of that in addition to his 83 tackles 11 sacks he had a 94 yard pick six i mean have you ever seen a defensive end go 94 yards for pick six no that's awesome Turns around, senior year, starts to focus mostly on the offensive side of the ball, had 30 catches for 586 yards, had a little bit of personnel issues there where nobody could really get him the ball. But he's an unbelievable athlete. Seven catches, 109 yards in four games at USC before being carted off with the lower leg against Utah. And this dude can ball. I mean, I've never – I can't even – I mean, I'm racking my brain here. I can never – I cannot think of an instance where – a defensive end also played tight end quarterback and running back. That just goes to show he is an absolute freak of nature who cannot be tackled. I rest my case.
1: Again, we talk about the importance of having someone to stretch the field, someone to the defense has to account for at that position. And I, I, I'm on record several times saying that Ole Miss missed that in 2021. Um, I think it would have certainly helped as it would have helped later in the year when Corral was hampered by the ankle injury and he wasn't as mobile and as dangerous with his legs. It would have helped to have that safety valve, that that check down, that security blanket at the tight end position to uh, kind of mirror him when he's moving in the pocket and getting out. And you can dump it off to him Um, because a lot of times they were having to use the running back to chip and to help with blocking. Um, as they were shuffling the offensive line around, so you didn't really have an outlet at 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 the running back position to dump it off to. They so they they didn't really have that. It was a lot of two route schemes, a lot of uh, you you know, if they put a guy in the slot, you know, sometimes three. But um, I, I still contend that that Michael Trigg, if he chooses Ole Miss, is someone that will come in immediately and push to be the starter in the offense. The the question is still around. Um, you know, how is you know, a guy like Hudson Wolfe going to come off that back injury that he suffered in high school. He's still trying to get back to full speed, a former four-star that Alabama wanted desperately. Um, Tennessee had him at one point, and, um, you know, he had some big-time offers coming out of high school, but he's just not 100%, and, and he is someone that has that skill set to stretch the field, but if he can't do it, you got to go get someone, and that's what Ole Miss is trying to do and bringing him in, so um, again, you, you said that people aren't talking about him enough, and I do think that you know, different position quarterback, college football, NFL. It's a quarterback game. Um, quarterbacks make the world go round. They 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 get you that extra one, two, sometimes three wins with their play. And Jackson Dart is certainly a guy that has that skill set. He has the arm talent. He has that it factor that you want. You mentioned how players loved him when he was at USC. I mean, he was a a favorite in the locker room. Um, I think a lot of people were were we're sad to see him leave when he chose to get in the portal. So um, two guys that I think could really take this team almost to another tier in 2022, which is crazy to say, when you lose, you know, one of the best quarterbacks to ever come through the program and a team that just won 10 regular season games for the first time ever and got to another sugar bowl. I mean, that's just crazy to think that they could possibly potentially on paper, the ceiling could be higher with the addition of these two. So um again, Dart Trig Watch is, is ongoing. It is 8 27 PM central time right now. There's still no finality there. But um radio I, I think, silence. Yeah, I I don't know. People keep asking if I know when it'll happen. I don't. Um again, the 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 quote unquote deadline is the 31st. I think that they obviously know that. Um but again it's just Seems like it's just two teenagers trying to make a really tough decision. I mean, this is their future. Um, I would venture to guess that they both want to play in the NFL, and, and this is a big moment in that trajectory to get to the next level. So they got to make that decision that they feel is best for them. Um, I, as we close up here, um, anything else that that we've missed um, in, in terms of their recruitment? um I still don't think BYU is in it much at all. I think they're lingering. Again, it was a day trip. You look at what he did at Oklahoma and what he did at Ole Miss. Oklahoma was a day and a half trip, Ole Miss was a two day trip. He did, he did the song and dance at all three places. But again, I think the BYU thing was more just hey, it's down the road. I'll take my brother Diesel. We'll go over there, and take some cool pics, and uh, that'll be that. So I think it's more real. At Ole Miss, I, I honestly haven't heard much out of Oklahoma lately for either. Um, and and just to, to add to the equation of how real the Sooners are, they did get a commitment from a 2023 quarterback. So um, obviously that is one Jackson Arnold who still has his senior year to play, but uh, that just adds another person into that quarterback room that will eventually be there um, on top of Dylan Gabriel and Nick Evers And then I think they have two other scholarship quarterbacks that are on the roster already. I don't know their names, but um, yeah, all signs point to Ole Miss. It's just a matter of if, um, or or not, excuse me, not if, but when. Um, So do you have any final thoughts on uh, the saga that is Dart Trigg?
2: No, that sums it up really well. If you look at it on paper, for Jackson Dart to go from a power five starter at one of the most high profile teams in the country to a clipboard holder who's redshirting in Norman, Oklahoma doesn't really make any sense. Do I think he could go in there and beat Dylan Gabriel? Sure. Do I think that Levy expects his guy from UCF to be the starter? Yes. So on paper and from everything we've heard, I have no reason to believe that Michael Trigg and Jackson Dart will not be playing in powder blue and red next season.
1: All right, that's going to do it for the inaugural episode of Not Committed. Uh, If and when this finally pops, um, I, I, I look, I'm not going to say if anymore. When it pops, I do think that they're both going to make a decision before the 31st in order to get enrolled and to be eligible for spring practice. We will do an emergency pod. We will break it down. We will get you all of the breakdowns that you want and that you need. Uh, to talk about how they factor in to the quarterback room and the tight end room in Oxford. Um, I still anticipate them to pick Ole Miss at this point um, at this stage of this recruitment. Haven't heard anything to push me off of that.
2: No so, reason to believe uh, otherwise.
1: Yeah. So when it happens, like I said, we will get you an episode. We will talk about it. Uh, Grayson and I are, I'd be lying if I said we aren't itching to talk about it because we've uh, We've been breaking it down since they took the official visit and all signs pointing to them ending up being rebels. So thanks to you, the listener, thanks to the sponsors that make the show possible. And uh, thank you to uh, the uh, Ole Miss Spirit and On3Sports for uh, giving us this platform to uh, break down uh, social media tendencies with teenagers. (laughs) It's it's been great. So Grayson, great catching up with you again. I'm glad the the band is back together.
2: The boys are back uh, in town.
1: That's right. But uh, we'll do this again soon. So uh, for Grayson, and I'm Zach, this has been Not Committed. Thank y'all for listening. We out.
3: Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure.